Hey y'all, welcome back to the Because We Went to Therapy podcast. I'm Ashley and we are on episode four today. We are going to be talking about adult friendships and loneliness with our friend Divya Robin. Alrighty, and today's special guest is Divya Robin, I mean, excuse me, Astana, um, and she is Mind Matters with Div on Instagram, some of you may know her, and today we have a very exciting conversation planned with her around adult friendships, transitions, and loneliness, so without further ado, Divya, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background in mental health and whatnot? Sure. And thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be your first guest. I feel so honored. So thank you for that. Um, In terms of my background, so I live in New York City and I'm a mental health therapist. And like Emily said, I create content on Instagram under my handle Mind Matters with Div. I do um, some writing too and just education opportunities to destigmatize mental health in the area. And I specialize in anxiety, mood disorders, and life transitions, which is exactly what we're going to be talking about so much today. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, Just like short background, I guess, on terms of like how I became a therapist. Is that what you're asking about or not really? Yeah, no, we'd love to hear about your journey to mental health. (laughs) Okay. All right. So I mean, I'm going to keep it short because we have so much great stuff to talk about, but um, Mm -hmm. in terms of becoming a therapist, Um, So in sixth grade, we had to write um, one of those like typical how, like, what do you want to be when you grow up type of papers. And I used to always say I wanted to be a medical doctor, like an MD. And so that was what I was just like, I guess, kind of like internalized to say that I wanted to do because in my culture, a lot of people became either like doctors or engineers, like it was like the typical Indian path. And so I always wanted to be a doctor or so I thought. Um, And then I had to write this paper in sixth grade and something in me was like, you don't really want to be a doctor. I just really felt it. And I started to research job opportunities and just like different careers. And I read about a counselor and like something about it really stood out to me. And so I wrote my paper then about being a counselor. And then um, as I continued to just like age and develop and go to college, I really started to understand how much there was a need for mental health within like the South Asian community where I grew up. And so that was really like a passion that just had me keep going toward where I saw like a very big gap in the space. And so, yeah, then I went into doing my undergrad at U of I and majored in psychology where I met the both of you. And then I moved to New York to do my master's and now here I am. Yeah. yeah, so we were all sorority sisters with Div. 80 <laughs> Those were the days. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think that we met, what, now, like, seven or eight years ago? Yeah, yeah. it's wild. It's so cool to see how, um, how far each of us have come and, like, in our different careers and our different fields and just um, the journeys that we've all been on and the growth that we've all been um been through and it's been really awesome to see the both of you do that Mm -hmm, definitely and we're all still friends which is awesome (laughs) yeah yeah we're all in different places i know Fun fact, Divya is actually my matron of honor in my wedding Mm -hmm. next October. And I think I already mentioned that Ashley is a bridesmaid, but yeah, fun fact. Girl, it's not next October anymore. It's this upcoming October. We're in 2022. Oh my gosh. 
You're right. I don't even know. Thank you. Thank you you are not getting married it. next October. We're not getting married next October. This is why you're in the wedding so you can remind her of these important details. When the wedding is. Right. Just a, just a minor detail. No big deal. <laughs> just reminding you know, Emily when her wedding is. Appreciate right, we're you. We're three in different time zones right now. We're on Divs in Eastern. I'm in Central and Emily's on Mountain Time. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Arizona's weird. Some half the year around Mountain, half the year around Pacific. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so we kind of discussed a little bit about how we all met and uh, in college, and we've all been friends ever since. And we all, like Ashley was just saying, we are in different time zones. So, but you know, obviously we're all in different places. And um, Divya, you mentioned a little bit about your transition to New York. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about why you moved, how that was? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I moved for grad school. Um, I also like, I guess I always like say like, yeah, I was like 75% grad school. I got into my dream program. I really wanted to go to Columbia and I got into Columbia. So once I did, I was like, I have to move to New York, but also my At the time, he's my boyfriend. Now he is my husband. He was living in New York for two years prior to that. So it got me over to the East Coast area. Um, It was definitely a really big transition. I wanted to come to the East Coast for the reason of, well, my partner being here, but also obviously for a great grad school experience. But I also really just wanted to grow in a different place. I felt like the Midwest did serve me so well for the time that I was there and I predominantly grew up in the Midwest. I went to like elementary school, middle school, high school, college over there. And I don't know, I just, I just, I just wanted something different. And I lived there for one year after I graduated college. And I think that was even more, um, uh, like it, it, it even more reinforced the idea to me that I wanted to move. And so I transitioned over to New York, which was not an easy transition. It definitely had a lot of growing pains, which I'm sure like the both of you can also attest to since you moved away from Illinois too. But yeah, I mean, school is predominantly what brought me over here. And then I decided to stay for work opportunities and just because I've been continuing to grow in a direction that feels meaningful to me at the time right now. So it just feels like it aligns to stay in the area. Mm-hmm. It seems a lot more energetic in New York City too especially compared to a little bit slower pace in the Midwest. I mean, I know you were Mm -hmm. in the Chicago area for a lot of your life, which I guess Naperville is not necessarily as energetic as like the city of Mm -hmm. Chicago, but I'm sure it's definitely Mm -hmm. a different experience being in New York city versus even Chicago or the suburbs. Yeah. It's such a different experience. I mean, especially when you compare it to university of Illinois, like right in the middle of all the cornfields, it's really different. (laughs) But yeah, it was it was a huge transition. I think that New York is like seriously a city that's always hustling and like always doing a million and one things, which can have like its benefits, but also definitely its its setbacks when it comes to people burning out. But yeah, it is definitely mm-hmm. a huge, huge transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting point because I guess I didn't think about how obviously you're going to have a different clientele being in New York City. I'm assuming that's probably where most of your clients are. Um, just having to deal with more burnout and especially people around our age and, you know, young and middle-aged adults. Yeah. Yeah. Burnout is a really big thing. I think like slowing down is also really hard for New Yorkers in general. Um, Another thing like I really appreciated about New York City that I feel like 
it, it's so hard to get in other areas of the country, even though Chicago is a city. I feel like New York City has this like diversity that I've not seen like anywhere else in America. So that's been really cool in my clinical work too, because a really big reason I wanted to come to Columbia and was like in love with their program was because they have a really big emphasis on multiculturalism and social justice. And we did, we had that intertwined in a lot of my, my graduate studies. And so being able to apply that a lot in this population has been really cool. And like, it's just so much intersectionality with that. And on top of that, yeah, there's a lot of anxiety. This The place I work at, we specialize in anxiety and OCD primarily. And it is just like, it, it's a lot living in this area. It's like so reinforced that everything is fast paced. Everyone is around that. There's a lot of imposter syndrome. And so, mm-hmm. which I heard on your episode a few weeks ago about <laughs> imposter syndrome, but yeah, it's, it's like thriving in New York, the imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I literally yeah. feel like everyone's just faking it until yeah. like they figure it out. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or until like, we realize is... that no one has it figured out or we're all just like trying exactly to like we know what we're doing. <laughs> right. Exactly. I was gonna say, what even is having it figured out? Yeah. <laughs> um it's so interesting though, because we all live in such different areas like you know I I'm in Arizona and Arizona is the opposite of New York and I can attest that having visited Divya a few times and Divya having visit me and just the different types of um obviously different types of climates weather-wise but also the different types of climate in terms of it's so fast-paced there's a lot of big cities like Divya remember when Ryan joked that he just can't do New York because it's too much and it's probably because he's been in the desert the desert for 10 years <laughs> yeah he was yeah, like i am overstimulated here stimulating yeah you guys literally said overstimulated at the same time that was funny yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a lot to process being in the big city like that like even chicago overwhelms me and i've been to new york city a couple times and it's just like i can be there i love it i can be there for a couple days but then i'm like i need to be in like a you know, a sensory pod or something and not have anything mm-hmm. for a couple hours. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I was just going to say, and you know, um, switching gears a bit, since we all do have that experience of moving to different cities, I know, I think both, I can attest that both of you struggled with some loneliness and just making friends in that process. And I see that a lot in my work as a therapist in Arizona, because it's a very big transient state. And so a lot of people move here from other places for school or for jobs. And that's something I, you know, I moved here. And so it's something I definitely navigated with having nobody else but my parents and my younger sister here. And as Divya mentioned, she had her um, then boyfriend and now husband and I know Ashley moved to Omaha with her boyfriend. That's where she... Ashley, I don't know if you mentioned that you originally moved to Omaha a little bit after uh, college. Yes, I did live in Omaha for a little under two years. I lived in Illinois again for a little bit, and now I'm in Milwaukee with the same boyfriend. So, <laughs> so I've lived all <laughs> over the Midwest. Yeah. Yeah. And, I moved uh, to Milwaukee at the beginning of COVID. So it was like, there was no way to make any friends, to meet anybody. Literally couldn't even talk to my upstairs neighbors because we just didn't know what the status of the world was or like how transmission transmissible COVID was at the time. Mm-hmm. So it was really hard for me to make friends for the first probably 12 months that I lived here. Mm-hmm. 
which I feel mm-hmm. like a lot. I know we all moved at different times. Like Emily, you moved right after college. Jippy moved a year after college. And then um, I moved to Milwaukee about three, four years after college. So we all kind of started at different times, but it's so interesting. I think making friends as an adult versus being in college and just kind of being grouped with these people that are of a similar, you know, socioeconomic background as you, for example, like if you're in Greek life, you're most likely of a certain type of socioeconomic background where you can afford to do such a thing. Or if you're Mm -hmm. in college at U of I in the first place, um, Mm -hmm. a lot of people are from the same areas, mostly from Illinois, even if you're from different suburbs. So you already have all of that stuff in common. And once you graduate and especially move to a different city, it's just like, there's no guidebook on how to meet people that you can, you know, talk to easily, have the same interests as, and things like that. And also there's the added aspect of, you know, maybe you're changing and evolving after college too, and your interests are changing or your lifestyle as well, and trying to make new friends with that too. That's something I definitely struggled with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I moved here and didn't know anybody. And so for the first couple of months, all I was focused on is how to get back to Chicago. And I think that really hurt my ability to grow in Arizona because I was only focused on how I get back, like I said, how I get back to Chicago and applying for jobs in Chicago or applying for schools in Chicago because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I think it stemmed from being incredibly lonely because like I said, my sister was at University of Arizona. So it was just me and my parents and they were both working. And so it was it was really hard. And um, Divya, I don't know if you can relate to any of that feel. I know Ashley mentioned she could. Divya, I don't know if you can relate to those feelings of loneliness. Yeah, yeah, I think it's so, it was really an interesting experience because being in Illinois, I was, I'd stayed in Illinois for a year um, while I was like studying for my GRE and just like kind of doing um, experience in in between. I was doing work in like the therapy field, but not as a therapist, obviously, because you have to go to school for that. But I was just like building um, my CV to be able to apply to grad school. And during that time, I was with people in Illinois I had close friends who lived there but we were all like in an experience of just being like lonely and not really knowing what we were doing and so that was kind of it was it was like an experience of being both lonely but also feeling kind of like collective with my loneliness with like my other Mm -hmm. friends in the way of like them also not as much feeling like lonely I guess in terms of like friendship so feeling lonely in terms of just like what the heck am I doing right now and like yeah you see on you see on Instagram like people are posting about like their new jobs and, and going to happy hours with their, their coworkers. And I would be like, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this stuff that I don't even know if it's going to get me to the grad program I want. So like, is it all going to even be worth it? Um, and then when I mm-hmm. moved here, I felt this loneliness in the beginning a lot, but it was interesting because I think this is where I understood like this concept of authenticity a lot more within connection because I felt so connected to people in this New York area. I think cause like when we were at U of I, Ashley, like kind of what you mentioned, we were like around people with basically just kind of like the same socioeconomic status that when we're at 85, like other than that, like there was, you can find people in your groups to connect with. Like we found each other, but it's like, you don't really have like the same values and interests as those around you. Cause it's a group of like 160 year olds just like thrown together versus in my grad right. program. I think it was like 
a small cohort of a lot of us with kind of similar personalities because you have some kind of personality to be drawn to the therapy world. Mm-hmm. And then like similar values. We all really value things like multiculturalism, social justice, like a lot of core things that brought us to the program in the first place. And so within that, I think that connection and almost like this immersive connection, because we got past a lot of these like surface level stages of asking, what are your values? And what do you, you know, like those kind of things that actually really deeply connect you. Um, So I felt very connected in that kind of a way um, to the people in my grad program, which ended up being some of my really great friends who I'm still like, we see each other all the time. But I think that can be what's really hard about it too, is you can be around a lot of people. Like in college, I think there were a lot of times I felt so lonely in college, even though I was with people, but like, it was like, were those the people that we were talking about deep things? And did I feel really saw me for who I was versus in grad school? It was almost like an instant kind of thing because we were all trying to be therapists and we had to kind of like, Emily can attest to this too. When you're in a therapy graduate program, you're like unraveling yourself like an onion. You're like telling everyone everything about you. (laughs) Like week one, they know everything. And so it, it really is like this like connection boot camp that I didn't have in college so it was it was different experiences mm-hmm. in that way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like here's my trauma who can relate mm-hmm. yeah exactly <laughs> actually exactly. though yeah and I can definitely relate to that feeling of taking a gap year because I also took that gap year and um you you had said that you knew you wanted to be a therapist but just were still trying to figure out that path but for me I wasn't sure I was like 50% sure I wanted to but I can just remember feeling worthless and I hate to say that because I don't believe that our work is tied to our career but at the time I really did feel like that I was I was nannying and so like I was doing something but it didn't feel like I was really contributing to my career goals or my career path and so it was really hard to see even though I know some people weren't happy in their first year out of school in a job it was still hard for me to feel like I wasn't doing anything so on top of not having a lot of friends it was a it was a really tough year and I I was so grateful to have made friends and then once I started my program and met more people I you know I had that same experience of deeply connecting with my grad school friends but yeah that first year was really tough Mm-hmm. And I can definitely relate to that because between the period where I lived in Omaha and then when I moved to Milwaukee, I was unemployed for a time and I didn't even want to reach out and make new friends because I was like, I feel like a freaking loser. Like, cause the first question people ask you most of the time is, Hey, what do you do? And right. Say, oh, I'm not doing anything right now. Or, Oh, I'm looking for something else. They're kind of like, okay, like what's wrong with you? Why don't you have a job? Like, I, I don't know. I was just so afraid of being judged that I didn't even put myself out there and try to make any friends. So I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. And I really imagine that a lot of our listeners and a lot of people can also relate to that feeling. If they're, maybe if they're not satisfied in their job or if they're still if they're in that gap year or that transition phase and, um, Divya, I'm wondering if, I know you talk a lot on your Instagram about transitions and loneliness. And so I know that's a broad ask, but if you have any, any like good takeaways to navigating loneliness in that transition period or transitioning for like between college and careers, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. I think like the first one that really ties to what I had just said in the way of being able to be surrounded by a lot of people, just because you're surrounded by a lot of people doesn't mean that you 
feel seen and you feel heard and you feel like people are really seeing the authentic you. Um, and so like, it kind of went back to how there were so many times in college that I felt like incredibly lonely, even though I'm like, I'm surrounded by people all the time. Like, why do I feel so lonely? Um, and there were times before I was able to get like very close with my grad school friends on an outside of being in classes level that um, it's really about like authentic connections. That is what keeps us not feeling lonely. Like we can combat that loneliness by having deep and authentic connections, but it's like, you can have a hundred friends that you don't feel like really know anything about you and that you can still feel so lonely. And then you could have one friend that you feel really sees you and, and hears you and validates you and feel connected to them. And so I think one of the first things is really to identify relationships that you feel you can be authentic and connected with and work to strengthen those relationships. And I think in that process, there can be a lot of grief too with transitions because there's like a lot of those emotional growing pains of we're grieving these relationships that you almost wished maybe they would see you in that kind of way. And it's okay. Cause some seasons people really see you for the authentic person you are and some that, you know, you don't, you don't really align in that way, but I uh, realizing that what those relationships are that are authentic are, are subject to shift, but working on a daily basis to strengthen the relationships that in that moment feel authentic to you. So that's one of the first ones. I have a few, but I'll take some pauses in between because I know otherwise it sounds like I'm giving a lecture. Yeah, I feel like that's awesome advice because as an adult, it can be, I found, very vulnerable to try to make those authentic connections with new friends that you're just meeting because you might not know like, okay, how, you know, deep should I go with this person the first couple times we hang out? Because I think when you have those friendships in high school and college, since you're younger, it's like, those are the people that have known you since elementary mm -hmm. school, high school, they might know your family, where you're from, like you might have that other type of connection with them where they knew you knew you in your adolescence. And then when you're meeting friends as an adult, it's like, here I am, like, this is the finished <laughs> product, I guess, which is yep. something that I really struggled with. I'm like, how do I want to present myself to these new friends that I want to make? Because you can really be whoever you want when you're meeting new people as an adult, because they don't know anything about your past, anything about, mm -hmm. you know, friends you already have or your family. It's like a clean slate. So that's something that I found difficult in trying to make those authentic connections because when you meet these new people, especially in new cities, like we have, you can't be like, Oh yeah, let's talk about something. These people that I know from back home, because they don't know who those people are. They don't yeah. care. Like they don't know your family. So you can't go to them with like family gossip or something. So there's a couple friends I found here that I've been really lucky to have that just through, you know, going out to coffee together and getting to know each other that it's been easier than I thought to be able to get into those authentic deep connections. And I try to be really transparent, which I didn't used to be before. Cause I was afraid, but just, you know, even talking about mental health and being like, yeah, I got to go to therapy Tuesday or something. And that mm -hmm. just kind of gets the ball rolling. Like I've met multiple people that are now my really great friends in Milwaukee. And they're like, Oh girl, like I'm in therapy too. Or, you know, this stuff happened to me and it just created that authentic deep connection where I realized I had a lot more in common with people that I've only known for a couple months than, mm -hmm. you know, some people I've known for 15 years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think too, 
both of your points is that uh, one of the biggest things I've learned about adult friendships is that they can take work, right? It can take work to make those new connections. It can take work to make those connections authentic and deep. And so that's definitely something that I've noticed, you know, in my work as a therapist and also just in my personal life is that, like we were saying, sometimes in college, it's easy to make friends because you're all in the same space, right? But in adulthood, when we have jobs, families, all these other things, it can be more challenging. And so I think what, you know, to sum up what Divya was saying is, yeah, authenticity is more important than quant, quant, quantity. Yeah, I think yeah. that's right. Um, and so, yeah, no, thank you so much, Div, for um, that that point. Yeah, I think that quality, yeah, quality is like so much more important than quantity with adults friendships, because I think like even now, definitely the people that I talk to on like a daily basis, it's gone down significantly. But it's also like, I think I feel a lot more authentic in myself, because it's almost reinforcing that authenticity when you're surrounding yourself with people who see that in you. Like with what mm -hmm. you had said, Ashley, about um, with, with being real with people and like the thing that you'd said about therapy, and like when you opened up about well, I'm in therapy. And then that like started this whole conversation. Um, I think that it's so important to also like start to connect with like your authenticity even more. And like I held, it's like a month ago, I held a workshop on that of like, to start to how we can stop chasing external connection and start feeling internally connected to decrease our feelings of loneliness. Because I think one thing that I had found this was going to be my next point too, is also to be able to authentically connect with yourself because then you feel more comfortable showing that self to other people. Like when we feel these, these doubts of how should I show up in this space? A lot of the time we're not showing up authentically too. So even if we mm -hmm. are connecting with someone, it's not on a level where they actually see and hear us that we feel deeply connected to them. They're like connected to this, like this, this like maybe inauthentic version of ourselves, but they might not be connected to the actual authentic part of us, which that's where like deep connection is facilitated. So I think when I started shifting that too, for me, it really, really helped with my feelings. Mm -hmm. And that kind of holds yeah. back to when we were talking about imposter syndrome earlier is if you don't know who you are, or if you're struggling with what your likes and interests and career things are, then it can be hard to create those authentic connections. Because the only thing that I can, the first thing that I liken it to in my mind is when I went through Rush freshman year, I didn't have a declared major, you know, I was undecided. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I wasn't in any clubs and I was trying to make these connections throughout sorority rush with like 19 different houses or something. And I couldn't because I didn't, I had no idea what I was doing with my own life. And it's kind of like that in adulthood when you're making new friends too, is you have to do that inner work to be, a little bit more secure with yourself and then to get those deeper relationships. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And that's to my point of what I was saying in my gap year, I definitely was not connected with myself. So it definitely made it harder to connect with other people. And I think, you know, at the end of this episode, we're going to talk about our, you know, how our personal growth did help make deeper connections with other people. And so it's definitely a good point to bring up that, yeah, doing that inner work for yourself can deepen all of your relationships. And that's definitely something that I've seen in my life and especially with you two. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if you struggle to know yourself, when you meet somebody new, they're going to 
struggle to know you on that level right. as well. Totally. Yeah. Great point, ladies. Dib, <laughs> uh, did you have a, a third one or were those your two main points? Well, how much time do we have? I'm going to, maybe I'll condense them. I have three more, but I'll keep it like again. Take, take as much time as you need. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one of the, okay. So the next one was about finding a group of like-minded people. And I think that goes a lot with what Emily was saying too, about intentionality and how that's so important in adult friendships. And it's so hard with intentionality because I think we come to like this wall when transitioning, because when we're transitioning, we're really struggling. We have a lot of self-doubt feel anxious, you know, and, and then at the same time, we have to be intentional. So it's because we have to do, like, we have to do these intentional acts and behaviors when we don't even feel that way because we're going through all the emotions that come with transitions. So it can be hard to do that. So definitely to be intentional and in finding groups of like-minded people. And for me, I think that was a really big game changer once I moved to New York. And I think a lot of that was because of what also drew me to New York. I feel like I align a lot very much with like the East Coast in the way of like, just like overall the climate, but like, I love the diversity here. I love people being outspoken. I love people being authentic. Like there's just something about that. Um, and, and just values and, and the way people think here is very similar to how I have thought. Um, and sometimes I felt like I couldn't be that expressive of that in the Midwest. And so being around so many people who are like-minded here, I think has been very life-changing for me with that and so that plus intentionality has been helpful with my loneliness so that was going to be my third one um actually I only have one more because one of them was connect with yourself on a deeper level and we already talked about that so. love that for us <laughs> that, there we go look at us hitting all the points without even meaning to yeah that's yeah, so what is your episode right Div, have Definitely. you found um places or ways that have worked for you maybe outside of the educational setting as well to meet those like-minded people oh my gosh the, I, it's actually been crazy in the way of like Instagram like going out of your comfort zone in ways I feel like I've connected with so many people on Instagram now and like on deeper levels of like getting coffee getting drinks and dinner and just like meeting up with people even when I went and traveled to Texas, I have a friend on Instagram that we would like DM back and forth. And I remember being really nervous because I was going to Texas to visit um, Raj's cousin. And I was like thinking like, I really want to message her, but like, will she think that's weird? We just like DM. And I just like went out of my way and did it. And we had like a really great time. And now we, we text, we talk on the phone. So it's really cool. I think you can be like, go out of your comfort zone with things. Um, I've gone to things like around, um, like Hoboken is where I live now. We moved from New York City to Hoboken, which is on the Jersey side, um, for those who don't know. And a lot of my friends live in New York City and there's not a lot in Hoboken. So they have sometimes like things like dog meetups and like times that all the dogs go play. I use my dog as an excuse a lot to meet people my age. So that's been <laughs> helpful too. Um, we actually have like a couple friends that we met through Kobe, our dog, um, at the dog park. And they're like coming over Friday night for dinner and drinks. And so I think just like, definitely doing things that were outside of my comfort zone has been, it's been helpful, but it's crazy. Cause it's things that like, I absolutely, if you asked me five years ago, I would be like, heck no, people would probably think I'm maybe weird. I don't know. Like, what if I go and meet this person and we won't connect at all. Um, and there have been times that's happened too, by the way. I mean, I know I'm not saying that I'm saying these great experiences, but even in a way of being authentic, like, yeah, there've been times I've met with people and I haven't felt deeply connected to them and that's okay. Um, but I think to really just go out of your way and be creative with it 
to work through some of those negative thoughts. And that was like my, my last point too. So I'll just like intertwine it is that if there's negative thoughts getting in the way, that's normal because we're doing something new. Mm-hmm. And so there's always going to be growing pains with it. Um, and to try to challenge those negative thoughts. And if, and if, if it's hard, like to, you know, go to a therapist, that's something that all of us are huge advocates for. I mean, I feel like going to therapy has really helped me with my transitions. Definitely. That has been a huge catalyst in my transitioning and with my loneliness and working through a lot of my own feelings of self-doubt that I have to say, obviously I know that I did the work, but therapy has been really, really a helpful trans- transformative space for that. So to to challenge some of those negative thoughts and work with a therapist if that's something that you struggle with and to then yeah. start to use some of that energy to, to explore new spaces. Yeah. Those are great points. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. And um, speaking of going out of your comfort zone, something I used when I first moved to Arizona and that I encourage all my uh, new client, new clients to, like that are new to Arizona is to go on Bumble BFF, which is uh, like the dating app Bumble. Bumble, they have a, they have a section that's like, you can just meet friends. And I'm like, nope, that's so weird. I'm not doing that. Like, what if people don't like me? And then like, what if people are judging me based on my pictures? Like I was so nervous to use it. And I met people through it and it was really great way to connect. And so I think to Divya's point, even if though you're having thoughts that tell you like, it's, oh, it's really scary or no one's going to like you, or you're not going to be able to do it to try it. And just to see what happens, because we really don't know if those thoughts are true. And, you know, hint, hint, most of the time, they're not until we do it and so putting yourself into which I think we all did by moving to different places but then going the extra step and putting yourself out there to meet new people I think can be really scary and also really rewarding and I've definitely found it to be rewarding to have met the people that I have met by going out of my comfort zone so uh, yeah we really appreciate those points that you gave Div. I agree with that because I met some of my closest friends in Milwaukee from the gym because I remember when I first graduated college, somebody at work being like, oh yeah, one of my girlfriends met some of her friends at the gym. Like, maybe you should try that. And I was like, first of all, I don't go to the gym. Second of all, I don't go to the gym and talk to people. Like, that's weird. What are you supposed to do? Just like walk up to somebody that, you know, everybody's minding their own business at places like that. Like, how do you just go up and walk up to somebody And in one of my uh, cycle classes before I was teaching at my current gym, this girl sat next to me randomly and we just started like having small talk about the cycle class. And then I invited her to a different one at a different location. We got each other's numbers and turns out we live like down the street from each other. Now we're really great friends and we hang out and talk all the time. And then I also thought that uh, my trainer was really cool because we're close in the same age. And I found out through just working out with her once a week that we had a ton in common. So I asked her to hang out and like go get coffee or lunch or something one time. And I was so nervous. Cause I was like, what if she doesn't, well, if she just sees me like as a client and doesn't want to hang out with me like that, or thinks I'm a weirdo or something. And now we're like great friends. So it's definitely yeah. nerve wracking to be able to put yeah. yourself out there, but I just try to tell myself over and over, like, nobody's going to say no to new friends. Like, nobody's like, oh, I have enough friends. I don't need any more. And if they do, then that's more of a reflection on them than you anyways. So I try to keep yeah. in the back of my mind for confidence. That's so yeah. Cool. 
yeah, no, that's really important to keep in mind. Um, and so, yeah, we we also wanted to talk about how sometimes, and I think we all sort of attested to this a little bit earlier, that doing your inner work is really important. And I think sometimes when you do your inner work, you also learn that some people don't align with that this new, I hate to say new you, because it's, it's just like a grown you, I guess, to say it like that. But I think sometimes that's something I think each each of us have navigated is that sometimes when we grow, and we do our own inner work. And we, we also strengthen some of those more authentic connections, we realize that some people don't align with that. And that can be really hard to let go of. And so, you know, I'm really interested, Div, to hear your perspective on that. And Ashley, yours of two, of course. Yeah, I think that's like the really hard part of growing up because I, I like to think about like the environments that we just like it, we just engage in and how much that we internalize what's around us. And if you think about it, like, first of all, with the intentionality of adulthood, like how we have to be creative to make friends that feels so weird because the rest of our like mm-hmm. lives have been just placed like, boop, you're in elementary school in this class and here are all the people and then middle school and high school and college and we don't have to really be intentional about the people we're around. And so it's so hard to do something different. Um, and I think that in the same way, it can be really hard to outgrow friends because we're so told to make things work. Like you have to be nice mm-hmm. to people. You have to be a good friend. You have to just get along with them. And while it's not saying to be like combative with people and not get along with them, like it's okay to outgrow friendships so we're kind of going against the socialization in the same way when it comes to like stepping out of our comfort zone and being intentional we're going against what we're socialized doing of just like being in space as we know and just like adapting to it um and so same as goes in friendships like we feel wrong if we're not adapting to a friendship when to some levels it's give and take right but when your core values aren't aligning and so many core values don't align then it's really hard to find connection so yeah, it's a really painful process because you're also losing something. It's not like you're like a hundred percent of that friendship was something that was maybe wasn't working out toward the end, but there were times that were probably really wonderful and we can hold on to those too and still value those. And it doesn't mean they didn't exist, but it can be a really a, a process that definitely is holding both. It's like holding ends that it can be really like really healthy for you and a good transition to transition out of a friendship, but it can also be really painful and sad. Um, as it feels like it's going against a lot of what we're known to be doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's grief, Absolutely. right? Yeah. 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 And I feel it's like totally that's really prevalent, process. like after college, especially, you know, sometimes you just sort of naturally get distance between people and you might just not text as much and you might not physically see them if you live in different places. But I feel like that was really prominent especially during 2020 with covid and the election i know for me personally when i was still on social media and i would see people that i considered myself really close to from childhood or high school or college posting certain things that were so against my core values i was like whoa what do i do do i have to cut this person off completely like how do i do that but i have so much history with them So I know that's a really unique situation, but I feel like a lot of people really have gone through that the last couple of years with the world changing so much and tension so high. And especially with, you can see everybody's opinion is laid out for everybody to see (laughs) in maybe a way that it wasn't before. 
It's like right. you have to go out of your way to state like this is what I back, this is what I believe, which in a way can be good and bad, but it certainly can be inflammatory for certain friendships, which is something that I struggled with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, I also went through something like that where core values were very different and we I had to let go of that friendship and it was incredibly difficult. So I can definitely relate. And I imagine that a lot of people can also relate to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially during the last two years. I think that it's been such like a tumultuous time overall in like society and like just so much has been happening in the world that it's of course you have an opinion about it so it can be really painful when people are having polarizing opinions I don't think there have been I think some of it goes with growing up that now we have a different perception of the world but some of it also goes with that there's been like really crazy stuff happening in the past few years that it's just like how can you not have a strong opinion about it like we all have strong reactions Mm -hmm. It's in ways that we've had conversations that maybe we've not had to have before with people. So like, had we had these events happen five years ago, I mean, I definitely wouldn't be maybe responding in the same way because I had different, I was totally different five years ago. I still had the same core values, but how I like, in a way of communication respond is definitely different. But I think it's such a mix of so many things. And then we can feel so blindsided when we're like, wait, I thought that this was a different way. And we realize it wasn't. It's really, really painful. Mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. and div we actually got a question from an instagram follower about do you have any suggestions on how to tell a friend that maybe you realize that the relationship has shifted into something toxic for you or maybe you're looking to uh cut off that relationship or have it evolve into something more strenuous yeah i think that that's a really good question because it's something that so many of us struggle with and like I had said earlier that we feel so much pressure that we have to be like, make it work and we have to be good no matter what. And it can be really hard to have a conversation like that with someone. I think that even just being honest about what your needs are can be really powerful because a lot of the time friendships have shifted because they're not, there's like a misalignment in our needs, but also they likely don't know what one's needs are. So like maybe being honest about like, what are you missing in that friendship? Like, why does it not feel authentic and really important to use eye language like not to blame the other person because I mean at the end of the day people are their experiences are valid right their opinions are valid even though it might be so like we don't understand their opinion or their value it's still it's still valid so we can't like blame them for how we might be feeling but expressing how we feel um and letting them know what our needs are and maybe at the time the need is space and it's okay for it to be like right now I need space or maybe you know we can if they like let's say you guys hang out once a week and it's a normal thing to hang out once a week like making it every other week or making it once a month we don't have to like always go cold turkey if that's not what feels comfortable for some people maybe that's what feels comfortable and that depends person to person I don't know what this follower how they would feel with it but I think for me it was really helpful to not feel like going cold turkey on friendships but like doing it and being intentional in the ways like where, where my needs align with them. And it's okay if, you know, our needs don't align in the same way. And it's okay if we don't talk every day, but instead of having inauthentic conversation, like how can I have authentic conversation with them, even if it's talking to them less? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you have a recommendation? Do you think it's easier and better to do this in person, over the phone, over text? Do you think it really matters? I mean, I think it depends a lot on people's comfort levels. Like, I know we always are like, oh, we need to do everything in person. And I think, like, for me, I prefer to do things 
in person. I know in the pandemic world, we haven't been able to do that. But I think we also have to account for like anxieties that people can bring. And it's like, you know, like, how do you feel comfortable communicating? And it's one thing if let's say you go from not feeling comfortable, let's say you grew up in a space where you didn't feel like your opinions were welcome, you didn't feel like they were very validated, even being able to over text message, like express to someone what you want for dinner might be incredibly anxiety provoking because it goes so different than what you're used to so being like oh you need to do it in person I think that might be really difficult so I I don't know where people are in their journey of how how they feel like they can express their needs but I think like whatever feels authentic to them um given their history and that's different like you know some people prefer to talk on the phone and like process after and then talk again and some people just want like face to face and it just is so different but I think to be able to honor your needs is really important Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really appreciate both those responses, Div. And I think while honesty is amazing, it can also be really difficult to have those conversations with somebody. So if you're struggling to do that with somebody, that's valid and it's really normal. And if you're also struggling to do that and to understand if a relationship has or is no longer serving you or, you know, it's you're not sure if it's you're ready to transition, we encourage you to, you know, talk to a mental health professional or talk to a a friend that you have a really deep um, shared connection with that can help you understand. Because I think sometimes our healthy relationships and doing our own work with ourselves can show us that, okay, maybe this relationship is no longer serving me and navigating those conversations can be really difficult. So please reach out to a friend or a therapist if you're struggling with that, because it's not easy. And I think all of us can attest to that. Yeah. It's, it's totally really like not going easy. through a breakup. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And friend breakups are not talked about as much as romantic breakups are. And they can be really, really painful. I would even argue as painful as romantic uh, breakups, depending on the level of their relationship and whatnot. But they can be really painful. So if you're experiencing that, your feelings are valid. And like I said, I would definitely encourage you to talk to somebody because it's not easy. It's not easy at all. Yeah, and we yeah. can feel so alone in it even more because we don't talk about it. And so I think that goes a lot with just like going at your own pace of like what feels good for you and how to communicate your needs and to just like go at a pace that feels ready. And sometimes it's almost like exposure to communicating more, but, you mm-hmm. know, especially when you don't, we don't know how to do that. It's like really taking small steps and maybe that first step is reaching out to, to your therapist and then the next step is you know, like say, like at least speaking up in let's a friendship where you don't feel like you can be as authentic, like slowly showing parts of you. That was something that I kind of did almost, I think like not as a way of like a trial and error, but instead of being like in spaces where I didn't feel like I could fully be authentic, I'd show little parts of my authenticity and kind of see how I felt. And like, is it, do I feel welcome and seen from it? And like, there were spaces I didn't, and that was, that was really disappointing. And, and you grieve that mm-hmm. wishing that it was that way, but it doesn't mean that you have to like go and do things that are wildly uncomfortable for you, like to really take it at your own pace and to utilize, mm-hmm. you know, mental health support during that time. Cause definitely it's hard to navigate. It's something we don't talk about. So it can be good to have a supportive person like that in your life. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. in, you know, pop culture and movies, when we see, quote friend breakups it's always it they make it seem so toxic or when you see two people that you know no longer follow each other on instagram or something like that it's so people make it so salacious like 
oh, what happened? Or they make it seem like a cat fight, which it doesn't always have to be. And that's mm-hmm. fine. You know, sometimes people just drift apart. You can end a friendship with somebody and still wish them well, even if it takes you yeah. a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Because you still mm-hmm. have that shared connection from, you know, way back when you can still have those memories and it might take a little bit to kind of move on from, but you can still both, you know, wish each other a happy life mm-hmm. and just not yeah. be a part of it and not cross paths anymore. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's actually something that Divya has helped me navigate in that just because you miss somebody and you have really good memories with them doesn't mean it's the right like friendship or relationship for you. And so that definitely took me time to grasp. And I'm, you know, to be honest, I'm still grasping with it. So it, like Ashley was saying, if you're struggling with that too, it can be challenging. Yeah. I think like the language around it can be so important too. I've made a post a few weeks ago about and I think that was the one that you both had reshared on the um because you went to therapy Instagram page about like reasons that friendship shift and I had Mm -hmm. people comment and DM me being like I really appreciated how you use the language of shift because I think that I mean that's what it is right that we feel that we can't quote-unquote end things unless there's like this animosity and it's okay to outgrow things like some things will just have one season in our life but it goes it like is this process but we're also unlearning these ideas that we have mm-hmm. to like always make it work or like unless they've done something really really bad to you you have to stick it out you know you don't have an, you don't have a reason that you we need to give ourselves a reason or we have to feel like we we have something to justify that we will mm-hmm. let that relationship shift um so maybe even thinking about it in ways of like you know when they've talked in in like my clinical work too of when we're talking about relationships and just normalizing how it can shift and it's okay we don't have to be like it ended and it was this huge thing because sometimes that can feel really overwhelming, but it's okay if it goes from one thing to shift to another. Sometimes that, that language feels a little less intimidating for some people. I don't know if it will for some of the listeners. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's a great point. And that kind of reminds me of, you know, we're in our mid twenties right now and we're in that stage where some of our friends are completely single. Some are in a relationship, some are engaged, some are married, some are having kids. So, You know, it's that stage where it's like, how do I find these people to relate to or some people are moving on without me? So Div, as a newlywed, have you experienced that a little bit? We're trying to make connections with people that are at a different life stage than you or having friends that have moved throughout these different life stages and trying to stay connected. Yeah, I really, I mean, I totally have because I think that I'm in this stage where like, we're not in this place that right now we're trying to have children and we're in the stage where we're just like very much kind of like working on ourselves. I also like to keep the eye for myself, but keep in mind, like I was in, I was in school for so long that like really like the last couple of years are times that I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm finally able to start finding myself within the workspace. Um, that for me, I'm not at a stage where I feel ready to have children yet. Um, but there, there's so much pressure also once you get married, like to have kids. And I feel like people take two routes of like, you either have kids or like you're not having kids. And at least for me, a lot of people I know who are married have kids. And so I fit into this weird category where like, I'm either like, okay, I'm there. I don't really have people who are married yet in October. It'll be Emily will yeah. <laughs> relate to this, but I don't have anyone who is, who is married, but is choosing at the time to not have kids yet um so I think I feel lonely in that space sometimes because it's like why is my friends are engaged or in relationships which is like 
things shift in different ways once you're married. It hasn't been too, too much because my husband and I were living together. and A lot of our life was kind of combined prior to being like legally married. Um, but that space has been, has been interesting. So I think that, yes, I definitely feel lonely in that space. It does feel nice and reassuring because I know that like, I see friends like joining me in there soon, <laughs> but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it, it definitely mm-hmm. is hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really good question, Ashley. Cause I think a lot of people in this stage of life can relate to having friends that are just completely different phases than you. And I think a theme of this, this interview or this episode has been about growing and the pains that can come with that and transitions and loneliness. And I'm wondering if we, you know, before we end here, if each of us have a, a, like a takeaway to how getting out of your comfort zone can be really powerful or how challenging relationship transitions and life transitions can be just something to leave our listeners with about this topic or these topics, I should say. So I can start. I think for myself, the first thing that comes to mind when you bring that up is, you know, I know we talked a lot about people evolving and changing post-grad and in young adulthood. And for me, I know I personally have done a lot of growing and evolving, especially in the last two, three years to where I have a completely different lifestyle than I had a couple of years ago. So one of the hallmarks of a really healthy friendship to me is being able to have those friends that I can talk about those life transitions with. For example, one of them for me is essentially not being completely sober, but really only drinking a couple times of a year. And most of my closest friends have been like, okay, that's cool. Like, I'm still going to drink, but I'm not going to stop hanging out with you because you're not drinking. Like, I understand where you're coming from. I support you. I still love you. So that's one of the hallmarks of a really great friendship to me is if somebody that you truly love and want to continue this friendship with comes to you with a big life change or a decision that they want to move forward with, just you know, even if it's not something you agree with, that's okay. That's valid. But just being able to hear them out and have that conversation with them and be like, okay, so this is how we'll try to fit into each other's lives moving forward. And just having that open communication is the first thing that came to mind of something that's really important for me in adult friendships. And then also, like we mentioned earlier, is just knowing that you do have to be really vulnerable to make those authentic connections in adulthood and have those deeper friendships blossom, but it's totally worth it. And just remember, if the your first time doesn't pan out, that's okay. There's so many people out there that you can have amazing connections with that you ha- would have no idea. You might not have known them two weeks ago, but they could be your best friend next week and be like your soul sister or something. So just keep in mind that there's always more people out there, you know, just like you waiting for a connection, waiting for, you know, somebody to relate to them on that level that you can bring to them. So just try to put yourself out there and be brave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, Divya, what would you, what would you say? Um, 
I would say, I think it's been really outstanding that we all, I mean, I know on levels we've all talked about how we felt this way, but I think that this is getting obviously pretty deep because this is a place that we all value being vulnerable. And I know that's one of like the missions on U2's podcast, but it kind of shows that like we're three people who have felt this way. And it's like so many people feel this way and, you know, we need to start talking about it more and to just know that you're not alone. I think that there's a big sense of like failure that comes with when we feel either lonely or we feel like we haven't found our crew yet. Like we feel like something is wrong with us, but I think just as a reminder that, there isn't anything wrong with us. It's just, it's okay if we haven't found people who we feel have the same values or are growing with us at the same pace. And to know that there are so many people who feel that same way, but there are also people who have like so many values and upbringings and that you can find the people that's there for you. It just requires some intentionality. But I think around like a lot of just like the negative, the negative talk that can come around feeling lonely and the stigma around being lonely is just a reminder that like you are absolutely not alone and here is literally an illustration of it there's the three of us who are talking about how deeply we felt this so you know mm-hmm. for people who feel it that to just not feel alone in it mm-hmm. yeah yeah thank you for that I think definitely um second that that feeling that no nobody's alone in that if you're experiencing that and and I think for me I would echo what both of you said you both had really great points and throughout this whole episode and I've really enjoyed deepening my connections I feel like even though we all three of us live in different places I feel closer to you both now than I ever did in college when we lived five minutes from each other and so I you know, deep connection is not something I've really learned is that deep connection doesn't require living in the same place as somebody. Sure. Is that awesome that they live close to you? Absolutely. And I miss you both all the time, but I've really, I've just really taken away that you don't need to live in the same place as somebody to deepen that connection. And so I really appreciate it with you two. And then also just deepening my friendships in general, I feel really safe in my relationships. And I feel very grateful for that to be my whole messy, very funny um, whole self. And so, yeah, deepening my connections has been something I've really enjoyed. It's been hard, right? It's not all, you know, easy going and whatnot like I mentioned before some losses but I really enjoyed that and it's something that I'm incredibly grateful for oh, yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah well thank you so much Divya for coming on and talking about friendships and loneliness and transitions we've really appreciated it and we'll definitely be ha- be having you again on the podcast um because like you said we're real life bffs and um yes. if you don't if you don't already go follow her on at mind matters with div on instagram she's an amazing follow mm-hmm. absolutely well, thanks so much thanks for Dana. having Do you have me. a website yes yeah, plug okay um and then you can see the link in my bio and it has all my offerings my newsletter all that kind of stuff okay awesome div has a lot of amazing resources that you definitely need to check out and we'll put all of her links and all that good stuff on our instagram and in the show notes so absolutely go give her a follow and like em said she will be back we'll be bringing her back here i'm sure many (laughs) times for her expertise Yay, I can't wait. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much, Dave. Yes, thanks. Bye. Thank you both.